Alright y'all, welcome back to this next installment of Big Water Anywhere. I am your host, Rain Coleman. Now before diving into this episode, uh, the last one ended maybe a little bit abruptly for your taste, but conversation ran a bit long. Me and JJ had some good conversations. She was dropping those gems and, um, you know, having that good book club energy. <laughs> so this episode picks up a little bit before the last one ended, so if you're listening to it, consecutively it should be pretty smooth transition um make sure to hit me up on twitter carefree blurred uh, carefree black nerd everywhere else and make sure to reach out to jj as well jupiter julep 24 those links will be in the show notes and you know just um stay carefree nerdy and all that good shit and jump, jump into the conversation let us know what you're thinking use the hashtag bwa big water anywhere bwa pod and um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this episode and uh, join your regularly scheduled episode already in progress. <laughs> All right, y'all. And you know, you know, white people love them some Dr. Martin Luther King. Ugh. Why? Because they, the quotables, I mean, they have taken this man in his image and mm-hmm. used him to shame us. Mm hmm. And say Dr. King would not be happy. Yeah. Like they own him. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't a real person with a real legacy, with real children, with real faults, mm-hmm. with real triumphs. Ooh. And it's just and it's just that. So and I think that, you know, white supremacy again is not this uh birth of a nation. Right. It's the little things like Pearl trying to get into a math class mm. and them looking at the color of her skin and saying you can't do it by the way I mean like this is like uh, Little Fires Everywhere <laughs> comma the story of JJ yeah. <laughs> This that happened to me oh. my freshman year in high school Good Lord. and so the way that our school was in February uh, you had the course catalog for the next year came out and you said what classes you wanted and your current teacher had to sign off on it. Mm. So I was in algebra one and this white man said, I don't think that you're ready for algebra two. So you have to go to integrated math. Well, integrated. So if you wanted to integrated math, the only math you could take next was consumer math. Mm. And at that time you only had to take three years of math. Oh, So So I was saying, how, how am I going to perform well in the SATs or anything else um, if I've never seen Algebra 2 or Geometry? Hmm. And I was like, I'm college prep. And so it was like, you know, and I fought. And here's kind of how I got around it. And then it was like this whole other thing. Well, if you don't have Algebra 2, then you can't take Chemistry and all this other. It was a thing, like yeah. how... One man's decision was going to change the whole trajectory mm-hmm. of the courses that I was eligible to take. Yeah. In February, not even like the end of the year, February, he mm-hmm. decided, mm, not you. And I was like, but this dummy who's sitting next to me putting um, circles on her face? Yeah. <laughs> and ain't doing shit? <laughs> that uh, girl? Yeah. I was like, okay. And you know, so here's how I got around it. I went to, it's a Baltimore County had summer school and different classes you could take for original credit. 
So I sat in summer school and took Algebra 2 for original credit. Mm, okay. Then I was like, because I knew if I took it anywhere else, that they may not accept it. Well, mm-hmm. you, you had to take it from Baltimore County. Okay. So and I came back there and I was like, so I took it and I'm registering for chemistry and they and geometry. And, and they were like, no. So I was like, you want to say that to my mama's face? Because we pay too much. <laughs> but, you know, like that's kind of how I had to advocate for myself mm-hmm. to get the classes. And as a result, what they did was they said um, they created this class called B-Geometry, mm-hmm. which was they said, you know, like, you're right that everybody should see it. I was like, this is college prep, y'all. Mm-hmm. Are you really preparing us for college? Mm. I mean, it was, it was, like, they put me through it. Lord. And I was like, y'all put me through it. Like, my parents don't pay full tuition for me to mm-hmm. go in. Mm-hmm. And they did. And Ooh. so, I'm like, I understood Mia, like, and then Pearl. Like, Mia telling Pearl, you need to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Whew. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing it. I, I, ugh, I couldn't. I've experienced similar situations, but not anything as closely. One, you're a black woman. That's for one. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mentioned before that I've had issues or run-ins with counselors or with uh, trying to get to different classes and just everything adjacent to this. But having this very specific experience, I, I can't put my shoes in that. But I don't, I know how that feels because it happened, but I don't know the extent that Mia is experiencing, uh, Mia, Pearl is experiencing this. And, but just on the outside looking in, it was upsetting. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, it's probably because Kerry Washington is in the show, but I cannot escape Papa Pope saying the same <laughs> shit that black parents yes. have been saying forever. You cannot be like them. You are not like them. You have to work twice as hard Mm -hmm. to be half as good. And even then, you got to work harder. And Mm -hmm. I... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... Story of my life. Mm -hmm. mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then to see a lameless family cut back between these fucking real-life issues with... I don't know. Uh, Lexi was talking to her friend about watching Buffy. Like, that's not an emergency. Buffy doesn't premiere until next week anyways. What, sis? You got this whole other girl fighting to get into a math class that is on par with what she already knows. And your your big issue is Buffy not airing this week but next week? Man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. Because she doesn't really know what emergency is. I don't think that she understood what emergency was mm-hmm. until like uh, you know flashback to the beginning of that yeah. episode until she saw her house on fire yeah that's an emergency sis right you know not buffy on dc 50 mm-hmm. you know just <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now the scenes between elena and izzy get pretty intense and this oh, so i do not like elena um she's she drops off uh, Izzy at school and they notice a friend of hers and it's understood that they're no longer friends. And she's like, oh, you know, what's what's the issue? Why y'all don't hang out? The girl turns slightly and she has bigger breasts. And so that's a topic of conversation. Uh, when we open up the show, Izzy has long hair, maybe back length, maybe arm 
elbow length hair. Um, she's a, a short girl, of course. And throughout these interactions, we get to a point where, with the pressure, I feel this is the way I interpret it the pressure that she gets from her family, and then from, of course, seeing this friend who now. I have to assume y'all were buddy-buddy and now she's kind of blossomed, hit puberty, and she looks vastly different from what she used to. Izzy goes to dye her hair or cut her hair in some kind of way, burns the right side, like up to her ear. Um, I didn't get much from this interaction outside of, of course, the issues between Izzy and Elena. Um, a lot of this, I think, comes to, to, that comes to head. A lot of this later on makes this scene a bit more impactful for me, but. I, I think, oh, no, go ahead. No, no, because I, I was, I'm trying to get it, but I can't, but go ahead, because I'm not. Um, I think that that scene happens right after Elena tells her tells Izzy that her hair is her best feature. Yeah, okay. And so it's, I think that Izzy then attacks the thing that her mother likes about her. Mm, mm-hmm. And now, do you like me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I took away that one thing that you did like. Yeah. Do you see me? Is Can you find something now that you can like about me? Yeah. I think that that you know, I'm psychoanalyzing her, and that's that. That's not my specialty. <laughs> but, um, but I think that that's what it is. And 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 I'm thinking of um, when Britney Spears cut her hair, and yeah. everybody universally understood mm-hmm. that that was a call, that was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything... Who also came on a scene in the 90s, now that I think about it. Yeah, Britney, Christina, Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of them Mickey Mouse kids who became preteen teenagers browned in, yeah. Yeah. Hell, even Destiny's Child and, what, Ideal, Jagged Edge, though that's oh, a yeah. different realm. They, yeah, they were... Whew. God. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Izzy. I'm, I'm supporting pretty much every damn thing she's done so far. And I think that's Reese Elena also gives me in this maybe just because she's white and blonde, but Cher Horowitz, but not so much. Let me take that back because I feel like Cher. I don't want to get into that. I were clueless. Yeah, I was about to, but mm-hmm. I feel like Cher was a better person than Tracy Flick. So I'm I'm gonna leave that there. I haven't. I haven't thought that through, but they gave me... It's probably just the way she dresses. Um, when Elena takes Izzy to the hairdresser, even then it's a it's a, a fight as to what does Izzy want done with her hair. Well, I want this. Well, I you would look better like this. So I can't even control the way my hair looks mm-hmm. because I'm uh, embarrassment to you? Like, mm, mm. Yeah, you know, I, I will say this. I remember uh, in terms of milestones for yeah. girls back back then, it was, I think the first one for us was getting your ears pierced. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, now most people get their ears pierced as babies. Yeah. But uh, for black people, my mother said, you ought not ever do that because you need to make sure that your child is not chiloic. Mm. 
And so you wait until they get a few scars and stuff like that just to see mm-hmm. how it will grow back. I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, again, I was born in 1980. That's, that's how, <laughs> you know, we came through. And so I didn't get my ears piercing uh, until I was about 11 or 12. Yeah. And that's when a lot of my friends got their ears pierced. Like, mm. that was, like, the first milestone. The second one was getting your cycle. But then it was, um, you know, it was, um, like, your hair, your body wasn't your own mm-hmm. for, you know, to do with what you wanted. Now, if your parents were liberal, um, you know, like, I wasn't, I had blonde streaks in my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a perm back then but I don't think that I ever asked for it I mean that was my mom's direction mm. and I asked for blonde streaks because I mean look at that you know I mean uh, it'll look confusing for everybody you mm-hmm. know that type of a deal but mm-hmm. um it wasn't it didn't work here mother blonde but um it was you know I was in the 80s in the 80s I'm in Baltimore so like you know you had your hair piled up high yeah and there was like the hairspray that she put in it I mean, if your parents were down with that, but it was like nothing really permanent. Mm, yeah. And like, literally, you're, you couldn't just cut your hair if you wanted to. You couldn't. I mean, if your parents were down with it, it's, it was all with permission. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there, that's the agency that we, I think our generation instills in our children now about mm-hmm. this is your body. Mm-hmm. And you have some more say in it than... I say mm-hmm. is newer, but lots of parents. It was like you would do what you want, and when you turn right, when you get and out of this house, right. <laughs> yes. Oh man, and that and that again goes to I don't know if it's necessarily a privilege, but just my ignorance. Because for me, it was a haircut. You know, yeah, you could get yeah. braids if you grew your hair out long enough and you took care of it, but. I was pretty but much was like, like I'm getting a haircut every Friday or every Saturday. Like, right? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but this in our culture, though. I mean, how important is it for a black man and a black man being in the barbershop? Mm, very, very. And you know, like for her, I don't think. I mean, I think that maybe she went in. Um, Reese, uh, Elena went in because who knows? Maybe she's getting a dye job and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the girls. If they went in, maybe it was for like prom or something, yeah, or a special occasion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, to have to go in because you mess with your best feature, mm-hmm. and I'm going to fix it for you because that goes back into her being yeah. mistreated. I'm yeah. going to fix this. Yes, but even even think about and this is why I go back again to the black and the white <laughs> experience. There are times. Where the barbershop is important, the hair salon is important, but think of how many kitchen beauticians that we have in our families or in our neighborhoods. Yes, or brothers and sisters, cousins, or your best friend, his uncle cut hair, and you can just go over there uh, mm-hmm. after school and he can cut your hair and y'all go out and play. So I don't, right. I don't I don't know that experience growing. I didn't grow up white, so that's another thing where I'm like, did y'all have that? Was that also a class thing where we're affluent, so we're going to go to the salon versus... Hell, your Auntie Becky is a beautician. Or she dropped out of cosmetology school, but she got all the tools. You know, so I wonder right. if that's if that's a thing as well. Because I know for us, that, I own clippers. I can I can take care of some shit, you know. Um, yeah. I'm going to tell you, like, uh, back then, the black girls used to come and with their nails done. Mm-hmm. 
professionally. They used to come, we used to do, we didn't really fool with our eyebrows or lashes like that back mm-hmm. in the day. Uh, they were thin, if we did, like overly plucked and thin. Mm-hmm. But um, hair was a thing. Also, fashion. Yeah. Because like we wore uniforms. Mm. So um, when you had a day when you didn't have to wear a uniform yes. or prom, yes. prom in the 90s, mandatory, you got your dress made. Yes. Everybody designed a dress. The white girls, though, mm, off the rack. They were off, like you said, off the rack. They didn't do anything with their hair, really. Um, you know, like the most that they did was they used to take Kool Aid back in the day. Yeah, and, make them, and put yeah. Kool Aid in their hair, I but it that. wasn't anything that they had to do. They didn't really do makeup. They weren't expressive in that way. Mm-hmm. And also, some of the. Asian girls, because that's one thing about us. Mm-hmm. My uh, that 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 time frame. Yeah, there was a lot of trans racial adoptions, mm-hmm. and so there was mm-hmm. a lot of Asian girls <laughs> whose parents were white. Yeah, and the stories I could tell you about them, and that, <sighs> and stuff like that. Um, because remember I said Catholic school. They said if you get pregnant. We, you give your baby to us and we would find it at home mm-hmm. so they were some baby snatches mm. so, like, so yeah they if they they didn't either because they weren't taught to they yeah. didn't have access to so they, they were awfully curious about us though mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah so like, mm-hmm. yeah we i mean look i i went to what three proms and a and my slew of homecomings I know, I know. <laughs> and watching my older cousins go to prom and who work, mm-hmm. my senior, and I just so yeah, we here, we here. Yeah. Oh man, oh we. But then you always had that one white girl, white boy who, or the set of them who grew up in the community who had a bit yeah. more, for lack of a better term, flavor than the others. Um, I used to call them wiggers. Yes, that's exactly that is it. That is it. You know, like I guess the the polite term now is M and M's. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I'm just talking, and all I can hear is Angie, Angie, Angie. She was the one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had a few. We had a few. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, um, which I we it, see again. I just I for me. Little fires everywhere. Give me this exact same story. It could be not necessarily word for word because you, you would change some things, but beat for beat, aesthetically and everything. But put it in the hands of an Asian um, creative team, a black creative team, a Latina Hispanic uh, creative team, and I would love to see what would this story look like then. Like, huh. We gonna circle back to that when we see the whole series. I I do wonder about the Hispanic version. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, because we explore blackness through Pearl and Mia, mm-hmm. and through um, Lexi's boyfriend. Yeah, and I was curious about him. Because at the time, you talked about Cleveland and that the kids came in through Cleveland. Mm-hmm. 
And at the time, Bone Thugs and Harmony were hot. Yes, I remember. I remember. And I, I, I was like, where the Bone Thugs at, y'all? You know, and it's, and I, I would wonder how that hometown pride and that, that style mm-hmm. um, that they were bringing that was so different, because this is really in the middle of the East Coast, West Coast war. Yes. Um, you know, the South didn't have, I mean, the South always had something to say, as Andre Thurzow yes. had to, to him, but, you know, like, they didn't, they were starting to get the respect, because they had so many albums that were just so hot and undeniable, mm-hmm. like, the South was starting to, to rise again. Yes. Uh, but you you had that Bone Thugs that was there, and, um, you know, like, we didn't see it through him and I think you know I'm just just curious like what would that look like when you talk about that other hands and those different nuances mm-hmm. and really like what would Hispanic people I'm you know I'm really thinking about uh, I don't know if you watch it on on CW but Roswell New Mexico I haven't no I, I've seen commercials but I haven't watched it okay once we start recording I got stuff to, got stuff to say <laughs> for you but I, I will say that um with Roswell because it is New Mexico and it's and it and it's a, a border town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alien has a double entendre. Yes, yes. And so I wonder what it would be like to be of a Latino Latina culture, because I don't want to just say it's Mexico, but I mean, it could be a huge population mm-hmm. of uh, El Salvadorians yeah. or Honduras. You know, like anything else. Like, would there with that, um, would they have the same impact, or would it not because of the actual history of Shaker Heights mm. and about the integration, where it is so very much a black and white issue? I do wonder if those other or the history and uh, the utopia lie that they tell themselves and that they put forward. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it erases everyone else I, and where it's literally a black and white issue yeah i i can see that i can see that and I, i'm with you with wondering that uh because a lot of times when you do get down to race and you get to race um heated discussions it does fall back on black and white um now i'm one of course i'm i'm a social justice warrior for representation that's the hill i die on mm-hmm. but if we're looking at the world at large Black people, specifically black women, are the most disrespected people on the planet, period. So, though the conversations about race can span different races, a lot of times it comes back down to black versus white or black and white because even the white Latinos or the other cultures adapt this white supremacist attitude where then it, though it might be a, you know, versus Asian, it still would fall back on this treatment of black Americans or black blackness period. Um, but that aside, I do with you would like to see someone who grew up at around 97, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, let's say eighth grade to 12th grade. What would a shaker Heights look like to you being in that age range back then? Did it default to black and white, or is it just because I don't, I didn't grow up in that space? Whereas this, this whole nother world that we know nothing about, 
where the black and white issue was the background to that world. Like, yeah, I, mm, I wonder. Jesus Christ, you got me thinking. <laughs> oh, shit, you got me thinking. Y'all fucking uh, call in, tune in, tweet in. Uh, BWA pod, shit. Um, Pearl and Moody. This episode seems to be this running, not gag, this running um, through line of them being close, them getting closer, them being friends. And like you said before, it seems... What we mentioned about the monologue and being kind of distrustful of him, uh, I think with Pearl being a white character in the book or non-black, it this may be normal. Um, I know Kia's just want to have friends or whatnot, uh, but this, well, I was going to say this come to my house thing is very weird, but it's, it's not because I've you know met friends at school and be like, oh, you know, hang out at my house, so that's fine. Um, but this approaching the castle scene of Pearl being invited into this life that she knows nothing about or is not familiar with just from the outside, because they show her at the bottom left hand side of the screen and then we pan up and there's this huge glamorous house and they walk in and it's like Belle going into the Beast Mansion. She's just like Mm -hmm. kind of starstruck in awe and met with this warm embrace of the Richardsons. Elena's, oh, hi, Pearl. Call me Elena. You're such a beautiful girl. Hug me. This, this, ah, I don't, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. She's, but she's in the lion's den. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yes. The lion's den. Ah, and I, but okay. And this is where I'll start to have a bit of an issue with Pearl. She talked too goddamn much. She she's talking yeah. to Elena and she's like, um, Elena's like, Well, you can have dinner with us, make sure your mom knows and she's like, No, she's more of an eat what's left type of person. She works nights, uh she don't care about me being like she just this word vomit where she's like what are you what are you even talking about, Pearl? What are you doing? You're overcompensating so that Elena can like you, so you don't get kicked out, so you impress them, like what is it that you're doing? You're doing too much. Um, yeah. And I wonder if that's what's left over from the Pearl of the Book. Mm, okay. I didn't even consider that. I didn't consider that. But she wasn't her you goddamn know we mouth. Know not to tell somebody. Yeah, because you know we know better than to just tell white folk our business. Yeah, and especially something with food, Hawaiian 8, with Child Protective Services and with the Welfare Queen trope and with the blacks relationship to police and government no ain't no way I'm going to nobody's house and be like my mom ain't feed me fuck that you, oh no <laughs> take your ass home you didn't have to come over here you could have went home and like you said more of a left you could have ate some leftovers Who? because it's not that you didn't have food yeah you just didn't have their food yeah Ah oh, man, she. Uh, I don't know, man. She. So I, I. I see now that I'm going to have an issue with her. I'm still rooting for her, but God damn, Pearl, shut up. Um, her and Moody going to the den with the other kids, uh, minus mm-hmm. Izzy, and they're talking, and you know, I, I. I want to say that I like the welcoming nature of them, 
But I'm not even going to go so far as to say that. I mean, they're kids. This is Moody's friend. Because welcoming, I mean, they're not rude. Um, and I think that's the instance where Pearl shows some kind of liking for Trip because she gives them an eye or a smile or something. And mm-hmm. it, I don't have much to say about that, but that scares me as well. I do. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was wondering, uh, you know, if what Pearl sees mm. is a reality mm. was, of was... everything that she reads about in those magazines. Mm. Because, at, you know, black people were few and far between Yeah, in those pages. There was certainly not a celebration of blackness. I don't think that we had more... If we had an acknowledgement of Black History Month, it wasn't a full spread. Nope. And you certainly weren't going to get a Kwanzaa. Mm -mm. Or um, anything else where she could see... Unless... Because remember, she picked up... She was drawn to YM. She wasn't drawn to Essence. Mm Mm-hmm. Where that, where that's where the blackness was, or Ebony, or Jet, yeah, or Vixen, or Honey, or Suede, or all those other ones. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those magazines are only available in the markets in which they be bought. Yeah. So yeah. in Shaker Heights, the <laughs> audience is for a YM. Yeah. And so you have Trip, who. 17 sassy jane well jane was sassy um it is you know they they lift up he's he's your zach yeah like but he's he's the ideal he's the boy we are told we should want we're not told that we should have q for moesha Mm -hmm, mm-hmm it's it's trip so it's like oh my gosh this is this thing that I read about. Yeah. It's you. It, it you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lexi is the girl that I read about. Yeah. This is the house. These are the. This is everything that I've read about. Because, and again, I don't know her access to TV. Yeah. You know, so. But even if it was, you know, not every area had UPN. Mm-hmm. Like I joked about DC 50. Um, Baltimore did not have. WB. Really? Not unless you had cable. Mm. DC had WB. Okay. We had UPN. Mm-hmm. So, it, it was like, so, you may mm. not have had access to blackness and wherever it was, because there was Martin, there was Living Single, there was In Living Color, you know, there was South Central, there was Rock, all of that mm-hmm. was on Fox. Yeah. But, you know, but she may not have had access to it. Mm-hmm. So, but what she did have access to those magazines yeah so i think that being there in this normalish setting where they were like oh, okay sit down if you like or whatever else mm-hmm. is this normal thing that you see and read about where she's finally being able to experience yeah 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 and yeah i could see that and being a kid and this being your first time going through this it's like like when you I don't know, make the team, basketball, cheerleading, football, whatever, or when you uh, 
talk to your crush and they like you back or when you yes. go off to college for the first it's like this first experience that you want to hold on to forever. so I can see that I can see that and that makes a lot more sense flushed out than me just think oh that's this just is what it is because yeah of course looking at Moody and then looking at Trip one is the more desirable one depending on your taste but more than likely it's going to be Trip whereas Moody is the very nerdy awkward screech type character mm -hmm. and like you said trip is the zach morris yeah so yeah no i can see that i can see that and that's man i didn't even think of that i just thought okay she's happy she's with the friendly white people but yeah when you're immersed in that whiteness because again my sense of humor i owe some of it to seinfeld too mad about you i mean i just have just as much martin and deaf comedy dram and stuff but i grew up watching these shows that shaped a lot of how I view people and things that I wanted and desired 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. God damn it, Pearl. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so Pearl stays. She stays for dinner, and, and uh, Mia and Elena has this conversation. And Elena, uh, I just hate looking at her. She's always upset or seems like she's uptight. Like, one, I think she's scared of Mia. She's scared, and I think she's still holding on to that guilt that she had from reporting her to the police. But it's like, girl, that, that's not necessary. Like, figure out what side you want to be on. Don't, again, you can't control everybody and everything all the time. <clears throat> um, So this dinner scene, t talk to me about this. So the first one we got was just the Richardson family together. This next one we get... And it's we get that entry character, which is, excuse me, Pearl, sitting around with these white folks, experiencing this, I don't know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air wrapped in Dawson's Creek coating as dinner. What does this say versus the first dinner we had? I mean, she's getting serious with her grades. I can still hear you. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... I don't know what the the dinner what that second dinner says. Um, I, maybe. Well, I mean, I, I think it says again. This is a this is the thing that I'm missing. Mm. Um, where the nuclear family, the siblings, the food, you know, the sitting together at the end of the day, um, you know, and discussing it or whatever, not just a grab and go, not just a takeover, not, mm -hmm. you know, something else, but food that's specially prepared to me, for me and you to really sit down. I, and that's just a regular thing for them. Cause I, I, I think that Mia does it, but I think that Mia probably does it, um, around her art mm -hmm. and around her, um, availability. So yeah. it would, be a special occasion so I think that she may do it for a holiday or for her birthday or something like that but um, it's not regular but if you if we cast our mind back to what um, what we saw on TV mm -hmm. mom prepared dinner every night and the family sat around and ate yeah so I, I think that that's what it is. It's, it's once again that opportunity to be what she considered normal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because hell, even on something like Roseanne, they still had that family dinner, sit down, and they were poor white people. So, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and okay, and so piggybacking off of everything you said, we go from there immediately into, we go from this bright, vibrant, happy dinner to Pearl and Elena in the car, dark, of course it's nighttime, but I can't ignore that change, that drastic change. And she's like, you know, you didn't have to drive me home. My mama could have came and got me. And they have this bonding moment where at first watch, it was like, okay, a kid and an adult. And, you know, they're taking, she's taking care of the child. But looking back on it, it feels like um, Pearl is looking up at Elena with this kind of wonder, um, admiration. Not to say she was like, oh, I wish my mom was like this, but... This is something new, like you said, something that you aspire to have, this thing you read about, uh, mm-hmm. this accomplished woman who does all these things, has this beautiful family and home, and again, not to say that her mom isn't important, but it's more like, damn, how, how do I hold on to this? Or you are mm-hmm. the thing I want to be like, or you are, mm, it, Yeah, the grass is definitely greener on the other side. Yeah. Uh, and... Ugh. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe we will see the cracks in their relationship where um Izzy wanted to break free. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mia is all free mm-hmm. and Pearl's like, give me some of this yep. structure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we always want what we don't have until, you know, you acquire it and it's like, oh, it's not all this cracked up Right, to be. right, right. Whew. Yeah. No, no, that's, that, I think that's exactly it. Because, you know, when she drops her off at that front door and Mia is looking down on them, I, it's... One, this kind of offended me that you sent that girl home with them leftovers because I'm looking like, what you, you, you trying to say I don't feed my child? Like, I, I was like, she shouldn't have came home, but, you know, whatever. Also, what, you know, you know you're not supposed to eat everybody's food. Mm, that. That. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, yeah. So, that's, that's the thing that is shocking to me is also like uh you don't know them like that you yeah eat everybody's food now. you know what they do they might lick the damn spoon because she's used to cooking for her family dip that shit back in the mashed potato yeah i was just like no this is this is not something that i would have done ever but no you know also did you finish all of true blood yes i sure did do you remember when sookie's grandmother passed and mm. they had that repass, and you know those folk didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Lafayette was like, you know, this cornbread got bad juju. <laughs> yeah. And like all this foodie here, you know, they didn't like you like that. And, yeah, I wasn't don't you eat that. that. Right, right. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's true. Shit, I don't look. Regardless, you believe in spirits, you're religious, or whatever. I'm still not eating at any goddamn body house. If me and my mama didn't no. sit there and she said, "Yeah, this is my friend Shirley," so you can, you know, go ahead. No, Shirley ain't finna feed me. What she no. got going on? <laughs> Shit. No, it, I mean you're not saying you know these people. You just don't assume. Like what? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I wonder if when they offered takeout, we didn't see that scene. So no. I wonder if if. 
Pearl was so grateful that like, oh my God, you know, like, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the point where maybe Mia, and uh, Mia, excuse me, uh, Elena was like, oh my God, like, you know, is everything okay over there? Let me, let me drop you home, girl. It'll be no so reason. I can surveil and see if y'all got electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because I, I don't, ugh, I don't know. It just makes no sense to be eating and taking take home buckets of food that ain't for no restaurant. But what do I know? I, I wasn't raised by Mia, but goddamn. Uh, and so it, I think it's important to note that this art that Mia is doing is putting together a bike for her daughter. Um, mm -hmm. While she's doing that, we cut to the very next day. I'm assuming it's the next day. But Moody shows up on the lawn with a bike for Pearl. And they go on a little adventure. Um, uh, yeah. Can I say something No, go that? ahead. Go ahead. Was it clear uh, where that bike came from? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that mm -hmm. it, it was like a bike for Pearl to use. But was it like a brand new bike purchased specifically for Pearl? Or was it like maybe Izzy's bike? And Izzy's mm -hmm. like, I ain't riding that bike. You know, like mm -hmm. where did that bike come from? To me, it read as this is a brand new bike. Because I think, and, and I could be wrong, but I think with Izzy's, Izzy, um, Moody's character, I feel like he would be like, yeah, hey, this is um, Lexi's bike. You know, she don't ride. Like, I feel like it would have been mentioned that I got a bike for you. It's one of my siblings' bike. We can hang out. To me, it felt like this is now yours. Um, so I think it was bought for her. You know, I mean, we see how wealthy their family is, that they have income just at their disposal to do whatever. And it's a brand new bike. It ain't put together. It's not scuffed up. So I thought it was, I assumed it was purchased for her. That's weird. Mm -hmm. I've known you less than two weeks and you're buying me a bike. That's, that's how and it came And what, what are you <laughs> expecting? in return for Mr. that. Mr. Nice Guy. I and and you you could say, oh you're doing a nice thing for a friend, but that I feel like no matter how wealthy you are, well I'm not six figure wealthy, like six plus figure, but like you said, buying me a bike this soon and, and let's say it's not bought. Let's say it's not. It's still weird because how did you get it over here? You didn't drive, so you you walked both these bikes up like what because you, you could have easily been like, come over to my house. I have a bike. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just. Well, well the thing that makes me, that gives me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> is the fact that, uh, okay, who's who own, who retains ownership of this bike? Yeah. So if I decide I'm mad at you mm -hmm. and, you know, can I take this bike back? Because yeah. it's not really yours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You you see you know what I'm saying? Like it like those things have to be worked out where it's it's weird, you know, because yeah. you just come with this bike but I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're letting me I mean, the 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 least I could understand is saying, Okay, we couldn't go on an adventure because you didn't have a bike. Well now, today I have a bike for you. We yeah. can go on this adventure and then I take this bike back. Yeah. Is that the expectation? Or, you know, but either way, it was kind of like, I'm I'm giving you what you need for you to do what I want. Yeah. So if at any time you decide, I'm going to go on with those black girls or, you know, like I'm going to 
help my mom with mm -hmm. her art or just something else. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for this, your relationship? Uh, and, you know, what he may think you owe him? Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's just the implications there. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, kid brain doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. Adult brain says, nope. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But again, I you, you like you said, you give me gifts. What do you expect in return? Yeah, we're gonna hang out and have fun. But as we see throughout these first two episodes, there is even if there's not romantic, there are seeds of a romantic or an attraction, a a protective. There's something that could easily be one sided, depending on how the time progresses with the two of them. So, mm -hmm. I'm I'm not for it. They go on their fucking adventure, and he take her back to a junkyard, which I was thinking, okay, as a kid, I got into a lot of shit, but this right here feels like it should not be happening. Um, mm -hmm. They end up at a junkyard in the back of a, I'm going to say maybe a milk truck or something that's rusted that is his clubhouse. Um, and this is the other thing. He went and wrote down the lyric, the lyrics, the words to a poem that she introduced him to earlier in the episode on the wall of the clubhouse, which by itself is okay, that's cool, but maybe maybe if you had just got the book that it came from. Like, this is... I don't know. I don't know. I don't tr trust him. <laughs> I, don't trust him. I, I, I mean, you know, like, that's obsessive. Yeah. Where are your you other know, friends? Like, that, you said it was like, a, I mean, whatever it was... Because if it wasn't like a milk truck or it was like, I thought it, in my mind it was an ice cream truck. Because mm -hmm. isn't that what they used to say? Like, uh, people, oh, get, sorry, that's my cat. That's the, um, you would lure little children away mm -hmm. with something like an ice cream truck. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so he's luring her <laughs> mm -hmm. with this ice cream truck into, uh, something positively, you know, it could be sinister. We don't mm -hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's and again I feel like there's a level of innocence because they're both children, but they're not going to be both seen as children by all the powers that be or as mm -hmm. equal. And so for her to be in this space with him is very it's really upsetting me and my homegirls <laughs> cuz this is this to me is kind of reckless cuz I feel like with the upbringing that Mia that um Pearl has had I have to believe that if your mom is empowering you enough to say you know how to do whatever, you know how to fight for yourself and this, that, and the third, that she would, you would know something like this is dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, kids going to do what kids going to do. I get that part, but this just don't seem, this don't seem right. No, mm. it doesn't. And, and, and I also thought it was interesting about... It was his artistic expression, mm -hmm. and it was full of graffiti mm -hmm. and other like posters and stuff like that. It could it was a sanitized version, a yeah. gentrified version of Mia on a subway. Yeah, and and it's not at home. This is something that's right. far away. Your secret tucked off like this isn't. Um, Izzy's room looks more like this in her own home. Your room or your space doesn't reflect this artistic expression that you have, which 
it's terrible because it could say one that your family isn't as receptive, but two the fact that you. What is it saying about you that you like? Why is this not at home? I don't know. Because he's hiding it. I mean, it's it's like the deepest desires maybe of him, and or maybe it they would make fun of him. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, sure. like maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just one of those things where he that's his mode of escape, mm-hmm. and I. Yeah, it was just weird because who owned that junkyard? Like, what what mm-hmm. privilege, like, what gave him the right to go into this space and vandalize mm-hmm. this property? Because we, and we do see later, I mean, you know, we all know that if it was um, Pearl alone, yeah, or if it was Pearl and um, Lexi's boyfriend, yeah. The result would have been much different. Yeah. So that proximity to whiteness saved her. Um, oh, yeah. yes. That is, that's something. Um, I, okay, yeah. So, so say so they deal with that, but then we get Izzy at her, reci- not recital, what is this, like a concert? She's mm-hmm. a violinist. And the same best friend or former best friend we saw earlier, who now is more developed, um, Izzy walks out of the bathroom stall and walks into her. Not literally, but like, not physically, but she's there putting on makeup. And this interaction really has me, I get it, what we're looking at, but I'm a bit confused. So Izzy says, you know, um, hey, why aren't we friends anymore? And the girl finishes mm-hmm. putting on her lipstick. She puts it in her purse and she says, you know why, freak, and walks off. Um, to me, this gives me that Mean Girls, um, movie scene where Regina George talks about, um, God damn it, what's the girl, Lizzie Lohan's friend, and about her, Janice, Janice, um, saying that, oh, she's a lesbian, um, because they used to be really good friends, and then some kind of way they split off, and now, oh, she's a lesbian, she's a freak. That's what this gave me in a more dramatic and serious way Mm -hmm. I wonder I'm hoping we get more backstory if we don't that's fine too because I get Izzy for what she is but this this scene really fucked with me too because going back to we mentioned um, Pearl seeing this this white family in this house and this life that she reads about this is another one of them instances where, as a young person, shit happens to you that us as adults, we can say, okay, you, that, you're going to be okay. You know, t- two years from now, you ain't going to remember this shit. But when you're in the midst of it, I was friends with this chick. Now, for some reason, she developed, maybe people think I'm a lesbian or we just, we look different or whatever. We're not friends anymore. This is only adding to the outsider for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. of Izzy. And not only is it coming from your family and from motherfuckers at school, it's from a person who was your best friend. And I don't think that her mom is taking that as seriously as Izzy needs her to. Mm. I'm so sorry to that girl. That is, <laughs> that is oh my God, that is terrible. Uh, Did they say that they had been friends for a while? Um, Izzy and the girl? 
Yeah, like um, uh, Elena. When Elena saw the girl, mm-hmm. she was like, hey, she hasn't been around. So I'm wondering, I mean, clearly Elena welcomes people into her home. Yeah. And you know, like their friends. So if they've been, like, was that one of the things like, oh, I haven't seen her in yeah. a while. Um, you know, like, is she, you know, is it one of those things where she was just like, oh, because you're not popular or like, what, what is it? See, I, um, I feel like because this is August and school just started, I feel like her and that girl maybe weren't friends for a larger part of the year. So maybe coming out of that last grade into the summer, um, and I just assumed that the girl got maybe prettier, she got taller, she got more developed, she started being noticed or noticing other people where uh-huh. her and Izzy are physically look very different and not to sexualize children. I'm not trying to do that, but you can tell the clear difference in the way that the old best friend looks and the way Izzy looks. And I'm thinking they probably got a girl who is in real life older but looks a bit more because well, I didn't research the actress. She could be a kid. But I'm thinking that maybe you got somebody a bit older. So that there can be a very drastic difference between Izzy and that girl. But that's what I assume is that the girl just blossomed into a young lady. Physically at least. And now that I'm popular, I can't hang around with you. Yeah, you know, and I would say that that happens a lot. You know, when you're transitioning from middle school to high school yeah. where I people have that use it as an opportunity to redefine themselves. Yeah. And maybe that's what it was and and um I'm thinking that's probably Elena's like, oh, maybe that this is something I can fix. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why you're so sullen and stuff around the house because you, you don't have any friends. Yeah. But what if I fix it for you? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, who knows? I will say this: they do they do discuss it a little further in the series, but okay. you know, I think that that was just a, a normal transitional thing where you do all of a sudden like I don't want to be the dweeb that yeah. I was in middle school, and I have this opportunity to get to know other people, mm-hmm. and I want to. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because they're all they're both freshmen. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm coming to this new school, new boys, new friends, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, during this concert, which I don't even understand what this concert is. Is it? Well, no. Yeah, because if she'd been practicing all summer. I, okay, this makes sense. I was like, what is this concert? If you have people who are freshmen in this school, with this is just the first maybe week or so. But, okay, whatever. That, that makes sense. But Izzy writes on her forehead in permanent marker, I am not your puppet or not your puppet. And... I think she doesn't even play. She just turns to her mother in the crowd and like <laughs> the most rebellious <laughs> shit. <laughs> Listen, you know, and Reese Witherspoon nailed that look back mm. at her because all I could think was Kale Bill with that red coming. Like, yes. yes. Like, that's what I yes. saw. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, yo, mama, go get you when you get home. Look, look, you're going to feel this. And her sister was shocked. Everybody, like, and I'm like, oh my god, this, she has to do this to get your fucking attention is a problem. Um, well, and the father wasn't there, right? Right, no, no, he wasn't there. Do you think that she would have done that if the father was there? 
I think so. And I only say that oh. having watched shows like um, Though It's a Comedy Family Guy or Wait Till Your Father Gets Home or just a, any number of white sitcoms. I feel like it would have still been done. I don't get the sense yet that she's daddy's girl, but I do get the sense that he's a bit more compassionate towards her than her mother. So I think she would have probably done it and he would have had to deal with the fallout. But I, I, I feel like she still would have did it. Like... I'm not about to okay. let you control me. You look, regardless. Th- you, this message is for you, mom. Uh, damn, that was that was that was a message. <laughs> while uh, and while the concert is going on, uh, Moody and Pearl are being chased down, uh, found out because they're in the junkyard, and uh, we cut back and forth between that great escape on the run tour two tour and. Uh, then we flash to Elena, no, I'm sorry, Mia driving home from work and being kind of followed by the police. Now, mm-hmm. that, black folks, you already know, the police get behind you, that feeling, that mm-hmm. aware of your surroundings, of your space, of your hands, of your, your mm-hmm. you know, running your plates in your own head. Did I do this? Did I turn that? Did I make a roll and stop? You're shifting you're out of survival. You're trying to make sure that you get through this. And so every corner she turns, he turns, and she pulls into her driveway. And to me, I read that as, okay, I'm driving the speed limit. I'm trying to show him that I'm this is I'm a regular car. I'm driving to my home uh, at, in this suburban neighborhood. And when she mentioned to Pearl earlier, which was like you said, keep your hands visible. Her hands are mm-hmm. ten and two. She's a bit tense. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 seeing her prepare to encounter the police like I've done Mm -hmm. and how so many of us have done and still do to this day. Um, And then the plot twist or the surprise is that, yes, he's following her, but he's not following her. He's going to this address because of um, uh, Pearl and Moody being, for all intents and purposes, arrested, even though they're not arrested. Who? Tell me about this scene because Elena... This is when race got real clear. Yes. Because, you know, without it having to be said, and it's so crazy because you you think about the times we're living in now when white women use the police as their personal firing squad or their executioners. Yep. Whatever you want to call it. And... She's like, oh, there's no reason to be upset. Mm-hmm. There's every reason to be upset because, you know, once you, it's statistics, and unfortunately I don't have it uh, in front of me, but they say once you encounter the police in that way, the likelihood of you further encountering them it is is high. Yeah. And so... It's it's the best thing you could do. The best preparation you could do is avoid the police at all costs. Mm-hmm. And the only time, really and truly, you know, you you and you you deal with the police, if you're lucky, if you're blessed, if you're fortunate, is when you got to get a number for your like a, a file a report. Yeah. For your insurance. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to come to your house for any other reason. You don't want it to be, because then it becomes a known house. Yeah. You know, like, you don't want your child to be in their proximity for any reason. Mm-hmm. Why? Because then it's going to, you're going to be seen in a company 
of the police and people would draw their own conclusion and you don't want to get comfortable there either yeah and so for you to allow that white boy to to bring the police to my house mm-hmm. over foolishness yep no yeah. I'm like I, I had secondhand anger like oh so you embarrassed me in front of white people mm-hmm. oh. and these white mm-hmm. people in particular these ones these ones who oh you know mm. yeah, yeah. I, I was about ready to jump through that screen and whoop Elena's ass cause for, like you have control of your house what you're not gonna do is control me and mine and to say oh there's no reason to get upset he's just neighborhood watch bitch he's in a police car I don't give a fuck what way you look at it. That's not neighborhood watch. This big white man with this badge on getting out of this police car is a officer. I don't give a fuck right. which way you look. And he has my daughter in custody. And so even if she calmed down right away and was like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. My initial, I'm already coming off this high of thinking I'm getting pulled over. On mm-hmm. top of that, it gets much worse because my daughter is arrested. Right. And you... It- and all your whiteness is going to tell me how to react to my child, my only child, to your four, my only black girl. Yeah. Mm, because, because you remember, this is just, what's his name, like Bill Bob? Something. Yeah, something. Like, this is, this is somebody she literally has in her Rolodex. Yeah. This is, they're on a first name basis. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, it's, you know, I mean, it was the it, to Elena. This is the equivalent of me bringing Mia home the other night. Mm. And you know, so it's like, oh, I mean, what what is the problem? Because it's it's your friend dropping off your child. There's no report, there's no incident. But these this is your community and this is the people that are known to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see, not only are black women very disrespected, head tip to Malcolm X, but our you know, what people feel as though they could, they have the right to do to your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember that police officer that did the tuck and roll on a black girl yep. in a bikini? Yeah. Who was around the same age? Yeah, at a pool party. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, no, we we have a reason to be scared, and see, we carry like all that history and that nuance where she's just like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's my friend. Problem. Yeah, fuck you and your friend. Yeah, that yeah. that that pissed me clean the fuck off. Cause it, 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 it even if Mia and Pearl were white in this instance, I would still be like, bitch, this is my child. What are yes. you doing? How are you that unaware? How do you have that level of cognitive dissonance that you can understand that this poor person who you called the police on earlier, who you felt guilt about um, calling and lowering, like you, you can understand all these things you're doing to accommodate your guilt and this person's poorness, but you can't understand their relationship to the police because this is your friend. You, you. Because they don't have the same relationship to the police. That's that white supremacy again. You know, police are our pals. I mean, you know, what do you what do you mean? Blue lives matter. Mm-hmm. If 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 only you would follow direction, mm-hmm. then, then you wouldn't be in any danger. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Elena and I got this last like, Reese did that. She did that. Cause I yes, hated the fu- I hated her. Uh and then watching her kids have a front seat to this. I don't know this this show really fucked with me and 
Because again, these are the instances that, like, a lot of times people say, and this is very cliche, people don't remember what you say, they remember how you make them feel. And that's mm-hmm. very true because there are a lot of interactions I had younger that I can't remember what was said, but I know, oh, I ain't like Michael punk ass. I can't remember why, but I know he said something crazy. Or I do, mm-hmm. I remember Kimberly and she was so nice. I don't remember why, but I remember the feeling. And these are the instances that add up when these white kids don't have access to blackness other than being at school and knowing that the black kids are busted in and they're in regular classes and we're in higher level and then this one black girl we know personally now her mom's acting a fool and they're scared of the like you you get these little things that shape how you view people and this is it's like you got a front seat to a show and this just feels unfair yeah Mm-hmm. And and it's like and and the disappointment I feel in Pearl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, what were you thinking? Like, how did this happen? And now, and I recognize that we didn't have cell phones at the time mm-hmm. like that. Not not the way that we did. And yeah. you know, I get it. I mean, and and me, it didn't seem like the type of person that would have a pager mm-hmm. uh, or anything like that. So I get it. That did that you lost track of time Mm -hmm. but time isn't the same for you as it is for him life Mm -hmm. isn't the same for you as it is for him and you know I think she may have said that to her Mm -hmm. but I think I probably would have taken her in the mirror and said do you see this yeah we are not them yeah yeah I when they get in the house and get this into this screaming match with each other and Pearl slamming, well, she, that's towards the end, but she's like, oh, well, more than one wall. I don't want to have to leave and this, then, and then. I'm like, man, you are not in the space to make demands right yes. now. And I understand yeah. Mia and what she did and how we, you know, eventually get to episode two. I get that. But if you have to hate me for this next year in order for me to protect you, you just gonna have to fucking hate me because I'm not. If you aren't grown enough, not grown enough, responsible enough to be aware and acknowledge that we are different and that you can't do all these things, then clearly we have to try something else. And if that means we need to up and move, or I need to threaten you with moving for you to get on the right track, then that's so be it. Yeah, we, we don't. Because that's exactly oh. what I would tell her. Like you had this. This is your one and only warning. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you try me again, and it and it will we will be because remember she negotiated me and negotiated a month to month lease. Yep. And so it's like try me. And yeah. This is what will happen, and you said this is what I'm going to need for you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's um yeah that was the thing when I saw that scene it was well acted. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I did kind of feel like little girl did you forget who and where and what you are mm-hmm. and i mean that's that white girl shit you know it's like mm-hmm. that's the, that's the type of conversation that we essentially saw izzy have with uh, elena yeah. is, and, and is that is that what you is that what you're modeling i mean you mm-hmm. know i, I it, it just was like where did it come from so and again it's like, is this what you are modeling because you think that that's what needs to happen? Yeah. Or is this a, a remnant of White Pearl from the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't even think of that. See, I keep I keep losing sight of this having been a white family before. But either way, Pearl, 
ain't gonna say she need her ass beat, but she need some kind of act right. She needs some type of reminder because this is unacceptable. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I feel like her feelings are valid, but this ain't the time. If that's the case, it, the fact that we're oh. even having this conversation because you did something you weren't supposed to do. Oh yeah, you don't get to raise your voice to me after you got brought home in a police car. Yes, your actions. Like let, let's get that straight. Oh, <laughs> golly, yeah, she. So she did all that hooping and hollering and and. <laughs> Excuse me. She, uh, thank you. She um, did all that hooping and hollering, and then I sent her a room slamming doors. That's another thing. You ain't slamming no doors in this house. You better try this again. <laughs> I, no. Um, I mean, the, the black parents and us, we were just like, nah. Look. We got to rack her up. <laughs> look. No, fam. You're going to come out and you're going to s- s- softly close, close that door. And you like, oh, you're lucky I'll make you write down I will not get arrested on every seat of this notebook paper. But, um,. She she returns the bike the next day, uh, and that even that action I'm not sure if she returns it because her mama told her or she returns it because it was never to be hers. Like I mm. I still didn't get mm-hmm. that, um, but that's also a way for you to, you know, get back into these white folks' life to get back into this happy that's life right. that you because you could have easily left it there for Moody. It's not like they don't know where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought it there. Shit. Uh, Come get it, yeah. right? But she walks up on Trip, who's checking the mail, and you know he's like, "Oh, is Moody here?" No, nah, he's gone. And he's like, "Oh, you can come in and watch TV if you like." Which th- that's sweet, you know. He's a kid, kids, whatever. But I'm like, how much of this is? And I'm not taking away from him possibly being a good guy, but how much of this is come in and wait for Moody? You know, you cool, or whatever. And how much of it is after all that shit that you went through last night? I mean. I, Come on. Like is it is it is it is it pity or is it just kids hanging out? Like what is I don't know. It, it was it yeah, it's kind of like that I don't care. Like you can do whatever, I don't care. Yeah. You, that nonchalant type of I'll I can make you want me by acting as if I'm not interested. But that again goes to that trope of the time where girls were kind of told that boys will act like they're not interested Uh and you know like you have to be available you have to let them know that you're interested with the batting of the eyes and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. where she's kind of you know performative she's like performing what she thinks a teenager is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or an an acceptable teenager yeah oh well she's cheesing hard she she wants this boy and I even, I don't know, she's just, she's welcome into their house, which is, you know, cool on the one hand. Um, they're watching the real world, I forget which season, um, but that took me back. And Lexi, Pearl, and Tripp are sitting out watching TV. Then we cut to immediately outside where uh, Izzy is spray painting a desk. She has the faded, not your puppet on her forehead. And, and Mia pulls up snapping pictures and they have this kind of bonding artist to artist moment where they're not necessarily best friends, but they, they have a bit of a moment here. Um, she gives her, which is one thing I really liked, is they say some smart ass remarks to each other and then Mia, she doesn't get riled up. She looks at her and she's like, well, you should use such and such spray paint. It is It costs less. And it works better, is the short of what she said. 
and mm-hmm. she walks in the house and then Izzy has a little smile and I like that just in the way that Pearl is reaching out to or having a relationship with Elena there's a relationship between Mia and Izzy that's forming that to me feels more natural um, but it's based off this art and it's not necessarily trying to enter one other world or one other space or something you read in the magazine you know that was the thing that I wasn't sure uh, in the placement Mm -hmm. it was um, why is Mia there Mm. yeah why why is Mia at the house at Mm. that time now is she there to pick her up or is she well okay Hmm. because I'm thinking and if I'm misremembering because she walks in and the kids are talking about oh whatever season of real world had somebody who had AIDS because they were talking about that I'm Mm -hmm. thinking she decided that they would stay (sighs) I'm not sure because did she decide that they would stay and then she yeah yeah so what I'm thinking is she maybe decided okay after the conversation I had with my daughter last night it I, we have to stay. There is no, we have to stay. So then, when Elena pulls up, that's when she to ask her about the job that she offered her earlier to be pretty much the house mother or whatever. Um, uh, th- th- okay, because I wasn't sure if that was in episode one. Yeah, no, uh, no. Yeah. What did you think about her offering Elena offering Mia the job? I felt it was very odd. It was, to me, another part of her trying to have control and to make herself feel good and to be this savior. Because she mentioned, like, oh, she could, she would make much more money than what she makes at that whatever part-time job place. And I felt like she almost felt like if I have so many kind of cameras on her life, like I can pop in her house whenever I want. She's at my house because we're paying her to do X, Y, Z. Her daughter and my kids are friends. It's like, I uh, this proves that I made the right decision. Like, she can't be a bad person. Or, like, some kind of way it still felt like a control thing because you could easily get somebody else for this job. Um, and you could get somebody else and not have to make so many compromises because Mia clearly ain't doing half the shit that you want her to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she said to her husband earlier, um, "It was he said, doesn't it seem racist to give her that job, which is pretty much a, a, a mammy or a slave or a, a house person? And she says something like, well, it would be more racist for me not to give it to her because of her race or offer it to her because of her race. And I was like, no, nah, fam, this is, this is, this, you're, in, you're bringing this woman into a whole lot of your life. And that must be the difference between the black and white experience because there's no way that a motherfucker I just met, just because they have a kid too, I'm inviting you to come into my house and, and prepare my food, uh, to wash my dishes. You know, I don't I don't know what you're capable of. I don't know. You might spit in my food. You might try to kill my kids. Uh, I, 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 mean, I would assume that, that she's worked with caterers before. You Normally, yes. if you want to have a chef in, you would have them prepare a test meal to make sure that those things match. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I wasn't clear about, I mean, with Elena being as regimented as she was, mm. did she really need the help around the house? She honestly doesn't. I don't think so. I mean, if you want them to wash dishes, I mean, you have fucking kids. You have four kids and a mm-hmm. husband. 
You mean tell me Anybody. nobody can watch? I, I don't know. I just, to me, it's another form of control. Because why? Like, for I, the. I, I didn't get it. I, I, didn't I, I don't either. Now, if you're having events, like she said, her husband has some events at times and she had the book club in the next episode. So I get that if you want to have somebody come in and just do some shit, make it look pretty. But, and all day, like, if you're not hiring somebody to actually clean, then why are you. I, I just can't trust the, everybody the, cooking. But see, the thing that you, you cannot. <laughs> but you know, the the thing is that when Mia and Elena first met, and uh, Pearl went in her mouth, told Elena that Mia was an artist. Mm-hmm. Once that was out there, Mia made it very clear to Elena that the mornings she needed to prioritize her art. Mm-hmm. That I'm an artist first before yep. I'm anything else. It, well, you know me, a mom too. But, yeah. you know, in terms of professional, this is what I do. I take the jobs that I have, that mm-hmm. I take, is because it can work around my art. Yeah. So, she didn't ask for a discount. Mia didn't ask for a discount in, mm-hmm. rent, in, in the rent. Or, you know, buy mowing the lawn or anything else. Yeah. Elena assumed and offered. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia didn't look a gift horse in the mouth. But all of these assumptions came from Elena's perspective mm-hmm. inside. So offering her that job. I mean, listen, if she was short on rent. Yeah. After a few months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but she was over and she liked and she was overall a pretty good tenant you know in terms of the house and stuff and she said well look you know maybe we can work something out then I can understand that Mm -hmm. but off top yeah I mean it was it it, it's why did you need her in your house it just was weird I mean I don't know other than another form of surveillance Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm that's the way I look at it, because there's no... She's not a pleasant person, not by the standards of Elena. So, you know, like, why, why would I want to be around... I don't know, I just feel like it's too soon. You don't know this person. What if she's not cleanly? You know, yes. what if she... You know, your kids, she, they don't say they have any allergies, but you don't know what she cooks with. And and I, I'm thinking, for me, probably some... I don't, I don't know, whatever, but... I'm just not inviting you into my house to prepare my food for my children, and I've known you for a week and a half. Well, you know, they don't. I don't think that they believe in like the root or anything else. It, what we understand, you just can't eat everybody's food. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they that that's even a consideration. I mean, what I also thought was weird is that in. Elena's regiment. We saw her, like, get up in the morning, mm-hmm. weigh herself. Like she got up before everybody else, so that she could clearly exercise and do and fix their lunch and do all those other mm-hmm. things. And so, if she, if there was a conversation where she said, "Listen, I get up at six to do all those things. Mm-hmm. If I could sleep an, another hour mm-hmm. if, because you're doing this, I mean, something yeah. you know was kind of missing there, but." Uh, if I would assume that she is on a diet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where this because she's watching 
what she consumes. Yeah. Why would you have this woman in here mm-hmm. who may not be able to prepare the food the way you like? Yeah. So that you can maintain your figure. She's just going to smile at it, throw it away, and go get something else to eat on the way to work. Because that, that just seems like what she would do. She doesn't... She does this... She... She does some silly shit, and I think she does it without thinking. Because any person in their right mind, yes, I'm gonna let you see the house. If I'm not doing month to month, I'm not doing month to month. Period. I'm not. I'm not coming down on this rent. Now, if I feel like okay, I, I'll give you a concession. Maybe the first two months we could do month to month, and you can pay three hundred. But you need to be saving because now we're going back to a lease. You got ten months, and this is the amount. Like you can't be. I, she's too. You know what? I mm. think I just can't. Uh, you, what you just said, I think I got a revelation about that. Mm-hmm. Elena charms everyone. Mm. And uh, whether she uses her connections or her smile and her influence, here is this person who is unmoved mm. by that. So she's maybe she's thinking to herself, well, if she knew me better, she'd. Yeah. She she'd see how wonderful I am. Yeah. And just wanting that connection because it's just like, you know, it's one of those it's almost like the whole thing with um we were saying with her son Trip. Yeah. He was seeming uninterested. The more uninterested he seemed, the more interested Pearl was. So mm-hmm. maybe and Mia is definitely uninterested. Mm. So it's like, how dare you not think that I'm wonderful? Yeah. I'm wonderful, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, you're right. And she, I mean, honestly, she is a very charming individual. She's, she'd say the right thing. She's very much Stanford wife put together. Though some of her kids ain't really fucking with the shit she's doing. You can't deny that she's accomplished, that she's successful, that she has the American dream. She's put together. She has a nice frame. She has a nice wardrobe. She has beautiful children. Like, yeah, so yeah. When you meet that one motherfucker who's like, yeah, this is not impressive to me. So, I'm, I'm for that. It, uh, okay, let's let's talk about how we finally heard her husband get the fucking. Because it's, it's, it's scheduled in, and it's time for it. And that's a pretty quick scene, but um, it felt good. Because I'm like, he's finally, get, after wanting for so long, he's finally getting some, you know, to be crass. But it... it she didn't lay back and think of England and that's what I thought was interesting mm. where she's not frigid at all yeah oh oh not at all <laughs> no no she's very much um HBO in the 90s uh, porn scene it wasn't it wasn't gratuitous it was very classy something that you could look at and not feel uncomfortable um but they were going at it in a way that they weren't even handling each other when they weren't having sex early in the episode. It was, it was. I don't want to say their relationship was transactional because that's not it. But this was a, this was a different. What is it, Bill and Elena? Her husband name is Bill. Yes. yes. It, this was a, a different version of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I like that, but I like more. That right in the middle of that scene, we cut directly to another artist rendition, I'd say, of um, Mia's dream or Mia's remembrance of her 
and this where it gets a, a bit yeah, not tricky but intense. She's on this same subway car. She's laying on the lap with her head on the lap of this woman. Which I was like, okay, you know, I'm all for oh she's queer. Okay, good. I'm you know, so I'm going in. But her and this woman, that that doesn't necessarily even mean it was anything romantic. I mean it looked very much like it. But her and this woman kind of touch hands and then instantly she's sitting up by herself. The woman is gone, then instantly we look over and there's Jesse again, and then uh the lights flick on and then that's Elena. And I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? Now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> I, don't, I think it was a premonition. Yeah. Okay. I'm for that. I'm for that. I, I, it had me fucked up. And then I'm thinking like, okay, when the when when Mia is white in the book, this girl who she's, this woman who she's holding hands with and laying up with, is she also white? Like, did you change everybody to be black who had interactions with this character who's now black? Like, I'm... I, I want to know <laughs> what the fuck yeah. is going on. Oh, um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, so they do all that, and then she wakes up. Mia wakes up like hard out of her sleep, uh, looking visibly shaken. And that's when we get these last two scenes cut back between each other, where Elena and her husband are in bed. He sleeps. She sleeps. The phone rings. She picks it up. Now we're cutting back and forth between her talking to somebody who is the um, reference for Mia. And they're saying, I don't know who the hell she is. But we cut between that and Izzy playing with fire. Mm. I, to book in or the end the episode with Mia's um deception for lack of a better term being exposed and then Izzy playing with fire there's something there I don't know how to really I, give me a little bit more time so I could come up with something mm-hmm. but that flows directly into Mia in this dark room developing pictures of Izzy so there's something there mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what it is I feel like I feel what it is, but I don't have the words for it. But those three scenes, <sighs> Mia in the dark room, uh, Izzy in the bedroom with the fire, and Elena in the bathroom uncovering lies, I just, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know. It's a hell of a way to start a series. Yes. Yeah. This is the way you do a pilot. So, of course people listening should know most most shows when they have a season they have a pilot which is you know the thing to hook you in it's the hook this in a streaming service i think the first episode is probably the most important um because i always look at it like okay i'm watching a series the first episode is the pilot it's the hook I imagine what happens if there is no other episode does this satisfy me wanting to know more does this one episode get me hooked make me fall for the characters and make me want more i feel like this did that all right i feel like i would have been upset if there wasn't a second episode Mm. like i I would have been like okay now y'all fucking playing with me now i need to at least get something resolved how did you feel about this whole first episode before you binge the rest of them oh we yeah, it was definitely uh, the taste. So, 
we didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. We just knew that it was eight episodes. Yeah. And I mean, we've been talking for what, like three hours? Yeah, it's pretty like, much. It's like forty minute show, <laughs> and it was just so rich. Yeah. Where we were thinking, okay, are they trying to tease us that Izzy's the someone who started the fire? Because I, we started with a fire and we ended with Izzy, you know, with yes. a small fire. I mean, what is it going on? What's up with this? These flashbacks, or you know, when it's you know. Is, is Pearl going to get it together? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it did give us so many things, and I'm an avid soap opera watcher. Yeah. And so it was just hitting on all cylinders, and I really wasn't expecting the nuances with race. Mm. And so when we got them, I was like, oh, this is going to be deeper because it's easy to assume that the issue between the clashes that 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 happen and will happen between two mothers have to do with race or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it could be about um, their children and how one might, one child might treat the other or something along those lines but it it's whatever it is you're thinking but it's going to go deeper than that yeah and as the series progresses it does get deeper than that where I mean, when you just thinking about the themes and things mm-hmm. of a different nature, where I just said, I dismissed this book and I shouldn't have. Mm. And now I have six months to, you know, to stew on that mm-hmm. and uh, until it becomes available in my library. But uh, it's interesting to me to then find out that to see if it's as, as rich. Yeah. And so I, I was very, very pleased with the offering and definitely I think we watched just the two. I mean we, we were like, Oh no, we can't stop here. <laughs> like we, we have to at least see does the quality continue or yeah. does it not? And it certainly does. Mm. And I think as it progresses, um, they maintain that pacing and like I had some anxiety issues and at one point I was on the floor. Oh you know, with my heart racing, <laughs> like, Oh Lord. Yeah. Oh why? You know, so it was just—it it was a show worthy of discussion. Yeah, no, for sure. I look because I'm—I'm my mind is racing with who could do what and what's what. And I honestly, I'm gonna say it right now, y'all. I feel like Izzy ain't got shit to do with the house being on fire. I feel like it's either Pearl. I mm. think it'd be too easy to say it's Mia. I think Pearl has something to do with that house being caught on fire. Or Moody. And I only say that because I, I think in the very first scene, I want to say it was Lexi who was like, or maybe it was Moody, who said, your mom's going to find a way to blame this on Izzy. And I don't think it's Izzy. I don't. I don't think she's the reason. They're giving us all this fire up front. They're giving her playing with fire, this whole the craft type shit. I don't think it's her. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't think the nineties movies reference, yeah. I forgot about craft. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Ooh. it's I think it's or at the very least it's some happenstance from some bullshit between people arguing or not getting along and this is an accident, a true accident. Either way, I don't think it's Izzy. I don't think she did it. Mm. Oh we God okay. Well the 
Whew, talk about some rich conversation, goddamn! <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on. Jesus Christ! Um, um, let the people know where they can find you. Um, if if they want to discuss some more or check out yeah. your, your, your conversation. <laughs> I uh, I tweet. Rain and I watch a lot of the same shows. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I live tweet. At Jupiter Julep twenty four okay, on okay. Twitter, and so I'm. That's pretty much you know where you can find me. Okay, good deal, good deal. And listeners, of course, that link will be in the show notes. And uh, hell, check my timeline. I never you should see some conversation yes. there. <laughs> Carefree blurred on Twitter. Carefree black nerd everywhere else. This has been uh, and a phenomenal conversation. Uh, definitely need to have you back. Of um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I think I may go through and do the whole series as a series and not just watch it. But listeners, use the hashtag BWA Pod, um, uh, Big Waters Anywhere, <laughs> and let us know. Let me know thoughts. Chime in. Uh, do you agree? You disagree? Uh, did we upset you? Did we agree with you? Let us know. Um, the links in yeah. Just so that's that's that, y'all. Um, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geek, and do not, do not act a fool in front of these white folks, and don't go in their house and act like you ain't ate no goddamn food, or we ain't got food at home. And I'm talking oh to you, gosh. Pearl. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As my mama used to tell me, that you embarrass me in front of white people. <laughs> All right, y'all.